is going on, guys? This is your host, Evan Cheney, and today we are going to be talking about week 17 of the NFL season from a DFS perspective. And let's just start off with quarterbacks. Now, I think, I mean, I think there's also an overall discussion to be had about week 17 strategy and how to approach everything going on in terms of the player news for week 17. Because as of this recording, I mean, we're doing this at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. There's already a lot of guys out uh, in some of these games for a variety of reasons, right? I mean, you have guys that are on the COVID list all of a sudden. I mean, you have guys that are just out because they're hurt or, you know, their, their teams don't have anything to play for. So a lot of a lot of guys are out already. And surprisingly enough, there is very little value so far th- from that uh, in terms of guys that are going to get a lot of opportunities for a very cheap price on DraftKings. So, I mean, right now, I mean, let's just talk about some of these quarterbacks that can potentially do well. And then guys that might project well, that probably shouldn't for some reason. Um, So yeah, so let's get into it. Right. So Lamar Jackson, I think would probably be your number one quarterback on the slate from like a project from just a projection point of view. Um, I don't think Mahomes is even playing, so that's not even a thought, really. Right, so Lamar Jackson against Cincinnati because Baltimore needs to win in order to make the playoffs, right? So there's obviously motivation there. Um, so him, what what are we talking about with Vegas right now? How's that How's that playing out? Uh, Baltimore is currently a 13-point favorite. Right. I mean, as we saw last week, Cincinnati just doesn't play defense. You know, we've been seeing that all season. All right. So, you know, this is just one of those things as I move my microphone aggressively. <laughs> I'm just I'm just moving as we talk. Right. You know, that's how you do it. Um, yeah. So so with Lamar Jackson, obviously he has upside. Um, you don't really need to. You could stack him if you want to. Right. I mean, you can always stack him with a Mark Andrews. Des Bryant's becoming a decent um, target for him, right? I mean, if we look at – that's not it. Or if we look at the kind of the target numbers in the last three weeks there, I mean, Mark Andrews is still leading, but Des Bryant is still getting half-decent targets. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson's an option there. All right, so you go on down. I guess Josh Allen maybe, but – there's also the possibility that he sits the entire second half. So that obviously doesn't play well for, excuse me, that obviously doesn't play well for fantasy purposes. Uh, Deshaun Watson's probably my next favorite quarterback. Um, you know, it, him going up against Tennessee, obviously Houston's just playing a spoiler role at this point. Um, but they don't have anything to play for because either good or bad, it's not like they can tank that game for a better draft pick because Miami Miami has their draft pick, right? So if anything, they're only helping out Miami. So really there's no reason for uh, Houston to sit Deshaun Watson, except, I mean, if you want to think about the possibility of an injury, that's possible, right? I mean, Deshaun Watson could easily tear his ACL, for example, during this game. And then, you know, the start of next season becomes a problem, but I don't, I think he ends up playing a full game against Tennessee, who 
does have inconsistencies on defense, and I'm pretty sure these two teams played a high-scoring game earlier this season. Yeah, back in week six, uh, the Texans lost 42-36. to Deshaun Watson obviously had a great game. Uh, what is Vegas saying currently? Yeah, this game currently has the highest total of any game on the board, you know, this week. Right? Tennessee is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. So, yeah, Deshaun Watson for sure. Um, I mean, Seattle Seattle with uh, Russell Wilson, that could maybe be something. I'm not too excited about that. Um, I know Aaron Rodgers would be a good pick as well because there's motivation there. It's going up against the Bears, although that might be a problem. I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's some names at the top at quarterback. I mean, you can also even look at Chad Henney, right? Because we're, you know, Chad Henney, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill. But I mean, if you want to talk about some of these values that pop up because of the injuries and the guys just sitting out, Chad Henney is a guy that you could look at. Um I mean, a lot of these Kansas City players are going to be cheap, so that's where some of the value is going to come from, right? Because Kansas City already locked up the first round by. They don't have anything to play for this week. All right, so Chad Henney's okay uh, going up against the Chargers. I like Ryan Tannehill quite a bit against Houston. I mean, we have the – this is like the one week of the season where you have to throw out that second game against the team trend where the fantasy scoring is lower because everyone's playing – a divisional opponent this week. So it's like, it's not really something you should consider if everyone's having that problem. Right. So any other quarterbacks that I really like, not really. Um, yeah. Again, I mean, there's some names that might pop out just because you have backups playing now and, Some value can pop up from that, but I'm not too excited about the, about the quarterbacks late. So let's just talk about running backs. Um, as far as running backs are concerned, you have you already have some value here with Latavius Murray with Alvin Kamara on the COVID list, right? So you have out or uh, sorry, you have Latavius Murray clocking in at 5600. That's a pretty cheap price. Not gonna lie. Um, so that should bode well for him. Dalvin Cook is out. Yeah, Dalvin Cook is out. Um, which creates value for who? Madison? I guess. But they already priced him up, too. I mean, he's priced up at 6100 so it's not even value. I don't know. I mean, let's just talk about top plays and then get to the value, I guess. I mean, Derrick Henry at 9400 He's expensive. We can always have this debate. I mean, he's kind of the he's. I mean, he's the only expensive running back on this slate because everyone else is either out. Well, everyone everyone else in that pricing tier is out. So, you know. So yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry at ninety four hundred. It you could. However, I think for the price, and considering the ceiling. It might not be a bad idea in tournaments, at least, to pivot away from Derrick Henry. Um, because in terms of a fantasy point ceiling and the upside, I think you're going to get better spots 
just in other in other aspects of the running backs that are playing right so like Jonathan Taylor for the Colts might have maybe a slightly lower ceiling in terms of fantasy upside but I think uh it's very it's very close to Derrick Henry and you're also getting him for two thousand dollars cheaper so I'm more inclined to go with the with the guy with the similar upside and a cheaper price although again you Derrick Henry is just an unbelievable matchup and that can work out for him very well, even in 9,400. Although what is, when he's been priced up like that, what has he done this year? Not that it matters. I mean, he's 39 when he was, he scored 39 points when he was 8,700, 28 when he was 9,500. I mean, that's the only time he's really been priced up this season, like twice. So I mean, he could pay off, but it, he's going to have to do a lot to pay off a $9,400 price tag. And it's not like, it's not even like he catches passes out of the backfield. You know, I, I don't know. It, it's just, it can work, but I don't, I just don't want to pay that price unless I, unless I can squeeze in the value around it. It's just, he's so expensive. Right. So, I mean, you have Jonathan Taylor, you have David Montgomery, who's been playing insanely well over the past month. Um, maybe this is a spot where that works again. Could, could well be the case. Um, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb against Pittsburgh. Um, because I know, I mean, Cleveland's got everything to play for, right? And Pittsburgh doesn't, right? Cleveland's got to win to get to make the playoffs. So Nick Chubb might be a, reasonable asset although that also depends on which cleveland wide receivers are going to play because it's one of those situations where the pass game for cleveland ends up opening the run game as well just because that threat of a guy like jarvis landry just absolutely crushing a defense i also like jeff wilson jeff wilson's a decent play he's only six thousand it's not a bad spot. Um, I really don't want to go with Melvin Gordon again. David Johnson. I David Johnson's a great play. If even at sixty eight hundred, I still think he's a great play, assuming that um, Duke Johnson is out. Because because David Johnson's fantasy upside this season comes when Duke Johnson is just not playing. Limited. Yeah. I mean, if Duke Johnson doesn't play, if he's out, then David Johnson all the way, honestly. All right. So Malcolm Brown, I guess Malcolm Brown pops up as a value, right? If uh, Cam Akers is out. Because that's kind of how things went down last week. 4,300. He only had... Oh, because Daryl Henderson's out. Okay, that makes sense. So, I mean, that's where the value can be at running back. Um, I never even picked a quarterback. My God. <laughs> Just failing all of you, aren't I? All right. Uh, maybe Ryan Tannehill, a quarterback? Yeah, let's go Ryan Tannehill. And then, who do I want at running back? 
I definitely want Jonathan Taylor. I would pick running backs, right? So if I'm going to build a lineup, I, I go Tannehill and then Jonathan Taylor. I probably go Madison. Do I go Madison? Huh. That's a good question. No, I'd probably go Malcolm Brown. Be honest with you. Right, so I go Malcolm Brown. And I'll figure out flex later. Yeah. I mean, there's a number of good running back options as well, right? I mean, you could go Melvin Gordon because he's still going to get opportunities, and the Vegas defense is significantly worse than the Chargers even. Uh, DeAndre Swift can even be considered a good option. Um, yeah. There's a number of guys. I Dare. Okay. Dare Ongubawale. And I apologize if I didn't get that right, but the Jaguars running back. <laughs> Let's just call him that. Um, what did he do last week? Because you have the situ- you have the same situation where um, James Robinson is out. So what did he do last week? He scored 10 DraftKings points. He had five targets, catching three of them for seven yards. And then kind of want to see what he did in the rushing game. Because you can definitely justify using him. If he's getting that's not if he if he's getting the opportunities. Okay, that's that's not that's not him. <laughs> he's showing me James Robinson's season, like, no, that's not what I wanted. Alright, so how did the how did those carries get split? So last week, Dare Unga Boale had eighty seven and a half percent of the carries. So 14 of them. So you had 14 carries last week. And then on top of that, just want to see what... And you also have a bunch of guys out for Jacksonville anyway. Or so you have DJ Chark, I've heard, right? And so he had 13... He had five targets, which was like tied for second most on the team. So you could definitely justify him as another cheap running back if you want to fit some of the more expensive receivers. So so that's that's running backs. I don't want to dwell on that too much longer. I feel like I'm boring people at this point. So, but yeah, so so we'll talk about wide receivers and you, you're going to want to pay up at wide receiver because there's a lot of decent names up here that are worth paying for because you have Devontae Adams going up against Chicago. Maybe that's not his spot. You also have Calvin Ridley, who's going to get a ton of targets still because Julio Jones is out yet again, right? I mean, if we want to look at the overall target numbers in the league in the last three weeks, it's Devontae Adams. And this is how pricing kind of matches up as well, right? I mean, it's Devontae Adams, who has gotten a 0.95 whopper, right, with 39.5% of targets, uh, 51.4% of air yards, And then you have Calvin Ridley at number two, who in the last three weeks is getting 55.5% of the air yards, like 31% of the targets. And he's only scored two touchdowns. 
on all of those opportunities. So it's like Calvin Ridley can do really well in this game. I mean, he scored 35 in the matchup two weeks ago, which I, I guess take that for what it might be worth. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Calvin Ridley, Devontae Adams, um, you can go, you can go any number of these guys though, right? You can go with Allen Robinson as well. Cause Allen Robinson is a good play for a Chicago team that needs to win to make the playoffs. Um, who else? I mean, I also even like guys that aren't really in any type of playoff contention. So like, or, I mean, they are, I don't, I don't know. Right. So like Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, right. I, I don't understand why they're priced so closely together. Cause it's not really close in terms of the opportunities they've been getting. I don't think it is. No, they're not even in the same ballpark, right? To say that Adam Thielen, I mean, you could justify a $7,400 price tag for Adam Thielen if you want to play the ownership game. But like the opportunities recently haven't even been close, right? So like the the last three weeks, Jefferson's been getting 42% of the air yards, 28% of the targets, Right. Thielen, on the other hand, is only getting 19% of the air yards and 15.5% of the targets. Like, it's not even close. However, and I think this is what, personally, I think this is kind of why this is the way it is with the pricing. The fantasy points have actually been fairly close because just, just in that three game span, Justin Jefferson has 40.8, uh, fantasy points, PPR fantasy points in that three-game stretch. Adam Thielen has 39.7. So they're very close in terms of what they've actually done fantasy-wise, but in terms of the opportunities both have been getting, it's not even close. Although, again, I guess if you want to... Playing devil's advocate, really. I think it's really just that Christmas Day game that throws things off. Right? Because... Adam Thielen did see nine targets. He caught eight of them for 97 yards and a touchdown. All right, that same game, Justin Jefferson actually had one more target, but only caught six of those passes for only 85 yards, no touchdowns. So that, it, it explains why the prices are so close, but I think in terms of the opportunities that both have been getting recently, I, I don't think it's even close who you go with, right? I mean, in all honesty, I'd consider Irv Smith Jr. before I'd consider Adam Thielen at this point, just in terms of how that how that Minnesota offense has been being operated, right? So Justin Jefferson is who I prefer there. Um, and what about Tampa? What has what the Tampa Bay situation been recently? Because I know the, the Saturday game, they were like, it was all Mike Evans and some Chris Godwin. And that's pretty much been what the numbers are telling you then, right? So, like, Mike Evans has been getting the most of the opportunities. But it's still kind of close where you can make arguments for playing some of the other guys. So, like, Chris Godwin might be due for kind of a catch-up. You know, Antonio Brown, maybe even Gronk. I really wouldn't put Gronk in that conversation. 
right? It's kind of it's kind of just Evans, Godwin, and Brown. And again, based on the pricing, I think I'd rather go Godwin at sixty six than Mike Evans at seventy five hundred. Um, and then you can always justify Antonio Brown. Um, I know for the terms of this, in terms of this lineup, I also want to be able to stack with Ryan Tannehill, right? And AJ Brown and Corey Davis would be your guys to do that with, like, of course. All right, so I do want AJ Brown in my lineup. I could also go Corey Davis, 62. Are they very well correlated? Like, if A.J. Brown has a good game, does that just kill Corey Davis? I guess so. I guess they, like, like neither have good games in the same week, so I'll just go with Corey Davis. I don't know. All right, and then I want... I just want to pay up for wide receivers. And then what about... okay? So what about the Detroit passing situation? Because that can be something, I guess. That also depends who the quarterback is. If Matt Stafford is playing, then I'd consider Marvin Jones. Otherwise, I'm just not. No. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm just not doing that. He's questionable. I mean, if Matt Stafford plays, I'll play Marvin Jones. Otherwise, no, thank you. Because whoever, whatever Detroit was doing last week at quarterback for their backup situation was just really bad. It's really bad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I'd be more inclined to pay up for, I mean, McCall Hardman is probably going to be chalk, but he's also cheap and is going to see a lot of playing time. So I would play him and then, in terms of that final wide receiver, I think I'd be more inclined to play Justin Jefferson over anyone else. All right. So let's just talk about tight ends because I think I've just spoken enough otherwise than these other guys. Um, so, yeah. Um, well, Travis Kelsey's not playing. So kind of take him out of consideration. And then you look at the tight end position. And you see who's been getting the opportunities anyway in this last three-week stretch. And it's like Mark Andrews, Waller, and then Kelsey. So Mark Andrews is actually getting more opportunities than anyone else. And the matchup makes sense. So personally, I'd easily go with Mark Andrews as my tight end. But we can talk about these other tight ends. Um, I mean, they're not a, there's not a ton of them for... Um, just for the sake of fantasy upside, like there's not a ton that have a ton of upside. Because you could also go with a TJ Hawkinson. He's a guy you could go with for a much cheaper price at 4,600. I'm just not sure where he stands in relation to the other Detroit pass catchers. Um, I mean, he's number two, but the opportunities are also very spread out, right? I mean, the Whopper is like, 0.43. He's getting close to 18% of the air yards in the last three weeks, and then 20% of the targets. He's also getting the red zone opportunity. He's getting the most of the red zone targets, um, or the majority of not. Hold on, let me rephrase that. He's getting the most red zone targets. <laughs> yeah. 
so I don't know. To me, to me, it seems like Hawkinson might actually be a better option. Yeah, I think Hawkinson might be a better option than Mark Andrews. I understand the Mark Andrews play, but if you want to pay up for a defense at all, then you can go Hawkinson. If you don't want to pay up for a defense, you can go Mark Andrews. And defense is random enough where I – actually, I'll stay with Mark Andrews, but I don't mind Hawkinson either. And as far as defense is concerned, I mean, for this lineup, we're obviously not going to be able to pay up, but just in general – um, I mean, the Ravens are probably the highest upside defense on the slate, right? Followed by maybe the Bills. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of our lineup, we could just go with Seattle defense and move on. Because it's a situation where C.J. Beathard is the quarterback for San Francisco. And yes, the Seahawks have been really poor defensively this season, but just one of those things where where I just don't trust San Francisco offensively, um, except for maybe Brandon Ayuk, who could burn them. Uh, in terms of the Vegas line, I mean, it's only a 46-point total. Uh, Seattle's currently favored by a touchdown. So, yeah. So this is my lineup, right? The lineup that I'll build, I'll build for you guys this week is Tannehill, Jonathan Taylor, Malcolm Brown, Corey Davis, McCole Hardman, Justin Jefferson, Mark Andrews, Dare Ongabuale and Seahawks defense. All right. That'll be it for me. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at echaney69. That's at E-C-H-E-N-E-Y-6-9 on Twitter. And of course, good luck in your contests this week.